0: Hi, my name's Danny Carroll. Today, I'm interviewing Andy Lockmears, who is the founder of GHKglobal.org. Andy and I have been studying the medical findings of the German doctor, Dr. Richard Gier hummer I've been studying it for about nine or 10 years. Andy will tell you how long she's been studying it for, but longer than me. Uh, Today, we're going to explore Andy's journey of studying the, the findings of Dr. Hummer. And, and hopefully have an interesting discussion on the different elements of how we've integrated these into our lives. So, Andy, hi, how are you?
1: I am doing great, Danny, and it is so wonderful to be here and addressing you and also everyone who will be listening to this on Dr. Hammer's birthday. So let's celebrate this man.
0: Yes, right now. what a fine celebration, what a fine man, and what a fine way to celebrate this yes. amazing human beings. Yes. on On the 17th of May. Absolutely. Okay. So Andy, how did you end up finding Dr. Hummer and his extraordinary medical discoveries?
1: Right. It's yeah. What happened? So I'm a, what's called a traditional naturopath here in the, in the United States So I'm not a licensed healthcare practitioner. I'm much more of a grassroots, herbal nutrition, homeopathy, things like that. I had a wellness center in the state of Maine, very successful one. And I was constantly getting new trainings and learning new things, new modalities to help my clients. And then around 2007, 2008, I started to hear about this thing called GNM. German New Medicine. I had never heard of this before. And yet intuitively I heard that it's like, okay, this, there's something to this. So I thought, well, you know, I was working so much right then with my wellness center. I decided to just buy the book. I'll just buy the book and if I'll read it, if I like it, I'll start to share it with people. Well, so I bought the book, which of course is the chart and the book set and i don't know about so it
0: this is this this is just explain
1: what this is behind
0: yeah. you if you can this
1: is the chart that comes with the book and the book looks like this this okay. is the in english it's in a number of different languages and you can see on the inside of it that it has lots of does have lots of pictures it's got colors lots of brain type pictures lots of Odd, squeakily line pictures. And, and this,
0: is, this is Dr. Thomas' scientific chart, if I'm not mistaken.
1: That is his chart, yes. Okay. And the chart is also behind me. It's just, it's in book form in here with a bit more information than what we have on the chart. Okay. So, so I got this book in and I started looking through it, and it made absolutely no sense at all. Okay. I had it for a year. Every few months, I would pull it out and I would say, "Okay, I'm a smart person. I have a master's degree. I should be able to figure this out.
0: And I couldn't.
1: couldn't. So so that was frustrating. And I kept hearing just intuitively, you need to learn this. So I went to a training up in Canada. I was in Maine. It was a five hour drive. So it was very doable. Went to a five hour training uh, to a four day training And in the first 30 minutes, I totally understood how to read the book. It was like putting a key in a lock and suddenly it all opens up. And of course, that weekend totally changed my life as well. I got back home on a Monday night, Tuesday morning, barely understanding this. I'm pulling out the book with my first client and I'm trying to figure out what was going on in their body and why. Because I had to have proof. I don't just believe things because I read them. I absolutely Mm. need to see irrefutable proof that something is accurate in order for me to believe it. Me too. Yeah, and I think that's important. A lot of people jump on many bandwagon.
0: I I don't believe anything anybody tells me until I have
1: personal experience. That's it. Yes. End of the story. Exactly. Well, same with me. I mean, it sounded good, but is it real? Right? Yeah. That was my question. Is this real? So I started using it with my clients and it was amazing how right away I could see their patterns, their two phases. I could see that occurring and I barely understood this, but I could see that everything they were experiencing was outlined in here. Okay. And then I started, you know, I would talk with them about what's gone on in your life. You know, what was going on when this started five years ago? Oh, that's when my mother died. I was their caregiver and now I've got cancer and yada, yada, yada. So I would start to put the pieces together and that was proof for me. And it wasn't. Just that, you know, with, with every third person or every 10th person, it was true. It was true with all of them.
0: Every time, right?
1: Every time. Mm. So I'm like, okay, if, if for me to deny this, I would be a very stupid person mm. and I'm not a stupid person. So yeah. I have to believe what's right before me, before my eyes being verified over and over and over and over again. I had no choice but to believe it. So I started using it right that Tuesday morning, continued to use it. About three years later, I decided that I needed to just devote my time to working with what we called at that point, GNM. So I saw German New Medicine is what it was called. Yep. Yep. I sold my wellness center. I moved and I set up shop online and I started consulting worldwide. That was another interesting, this was 2012 that I started doing virtual conferencing and virtual consultations and things. That wow. was another whole journey on how to do that's this. Well, that's well ahead
0: of the online consulting curve, right?
1: Well ahead. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> when the, when the pandemic came around, I was, <laughs> I was. It was. It was. I was already set up. It was. It was grand. It really was. Yeah. So that's kind of how I started, and I I started working, you know, virtually and figuring that out, getting all the things in place for that, and then around four years ago, I was feeling kind of isolated. Now I'd been around the world doing, you know, going to different conferences, GNM conferences around the world, learning, 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 collaborating with people all over the world, which was such a joy to be able to talk with others from different lands, different countries who speak the same language that I do when it, yes, they all spoke English, but they also spoke the language of Dr. Hammer. Okay. Having that as a basis was just fabulous. And so I made friends around the world, is- Is this, was...
0: is this, is this, is this to the beginning of GHK Global, the, the organization you've set up?
1: Yes. Yes. Okay. So I was feeling kind of isolated at that point. This was about mm. 2017, 2018. And I was feeling like, you know, I'm doing well. Business is good, but I'm doing this all by myself. And, you know, that gets isolating after a while and that gets tiring. I wanted and I knew people all over the world. So, you know, I'd reach out to them and we would talk. But I wanted I wanted a team. I wanted I just wanted more community around this here in the United States, so at that point in the US and and even today, it is not well known, <clears throat> despite all the work we've been doing. It's definitely getting mm. out there, but for the most part, the vast majority of people here have never heard of it. We've got our work so, cut out so, for Same
0: so, so, so in India as well, where I live. So yep. I totally understand.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So but I knew that there were people around the wor- the country here in the US working with clients. And I thought, wouldn't yeah. it be fabulous if we could just get to know each other and support each other, So form a network together. Yeah. So I had a vision of an organization that would welcome anyone, no matter who they studied with, because that didn't matter to me. What mm-hmm. mattered is that we worked together And that we support each other. Yeah. And so I reached out to a young woman who was doing some pretty good videos and podcasting, Dr. Melissa Sell. And I didn't know her at all. I reached out. We had a one hour plus conversation. And I'm like, who are you? You know, how did you learn this? And she was a self-study. She just taught herself, which I so admire. She's a chiropractor. Mm -hmm. Well, we hit it off, we had a fabulous conversation and I asked her if she would be willing to work with me to develop an organization here in the US for those of us who are working with clients using GNM. Okay. She said yes. So we started six months of work at developing what's our mission, what's our vision, what's our website going to look like. And we launched it and we, we, it was so exciting. It was just four years ago right now that we launched it, and we started to immediately get people that were responding. We reached out to the colleagues that we knew of, and they joined our organization. And then pretty soon, we had people from outside the United States saying, hey, we want to be part of that, too. And we're like, well, you know, it's really just for the U.S., but OK, what the heck? It's, this is about community. This is about bringing us together for support and networking and all that. So, so we let in people from, you know, Canada, that's an easy one, Australia as well, and it started to grow, and we decided, well, let's, let's support our mission, which is, I should read our mission to you. Our mission is to inspire and empower our members to elevate the health and wellness of people in their communities with the knowledge of Germanische Heilkunde, German New Medicine, Germanic Healing Knowledge. That's our mission. It's really just to empower all of the people who are involved with this to share this knowledge because we need to share this knowledge around the world.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, so so powerful.
1: It is, it really is. It will change the world. It is changing the world. We can talk about that later, but yeah, so. So we, we reached out, people started joining us, and we realized that, hmm, let's get the word out even more. Let's do a, a summit, a virtual summit. So we thought, why not, right? So a bunch of us got together and we de- designed this summit. We, had a, we put it out to our networks, and it was great. It was a fabulous experience, and we still have that recording from that very first summit available And then our numbers began to grow even more. We got more members from across Europe, India, all over, which was fabulous for us. And then we realized, well, the name USA GNM was our name. We realized that we can no longer say we are USA GNM. And it was around. You've
0: outgrown your name.
1: We 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 (laughs) outgrew our name within a year. Within about six months, we literally outgrew our name. So it's like, oh, man, we just set up the whole website, all that work. But you know how it goes. Back to the drawing board. (laughs) Back to the drawing board. Exactly. So we came up with several names. We went to GNM Worldwide for a while, but didn't really change the website too much. And then we got larger. We did a second summit the next year, got even larger, bigger reach to us. And then, and then we decided, all right, we really need to get serious about changing our name. But it's around that time that we started to learn to understand that Dr. Hammer did not want his work called German New Medicine.
0: Okay, let me so let me stop you there.
1: Okay. okay.
0: Yep. There's been a journey in terms of the names that this that these medical discoveries and medical science have adopted through, through from the early 1980s when when dr Hummer first introduced these medical discoveries just just take just take me, just take me back to the beginning and, and just a quick the journey of, of where it where it's travelled to and from
1: right and you know i don't speak german so i can't see the original german but my understanding is that he called it the new medicine, right? He's a physician. He's trying to share his discoveries with other physicians so they will adopt it and use it with their patients. So yes. he called it the new medicine. Okay. And that's my- uh, under-
0: Originally, they say in, in like 81, I think. I'm not
1: right, right. Early yeah. on, yes.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, early on, the new medicine. And then he found a lot of people were plagiarizing that you know, oh, I've got something. I'm going to call it the new medicine. You know, I've got a modality. I'm going to call it the new medicine and all of that. So I'm sure that was frustrating for him. So that's when he added the Germanic, Germanic new medicine to it. Okay. Differentiate it from just all of those people calling whatever they were doing the new medicine. Okay. So now it's Germanic new medicine. And then of course we know Dr. Hummer's awful story of being imprisoned, his medical license taken from him, and all of the, the horrible the, the ways he was treated by his colleagues. So that was the medical community. And he realized a long time ago in the late, well, before 2010, I know that, that he didn't want his work associated with the word medicine because of the medical community and how they treated him. So I do have a quote of his that has been translated into English. And what he said was I have therefore created a new term, Germanische Heilkunde. The term Germanic healing knowledge is wonderful. It combines Germanic as a term for freedom, truthfulness, and a sense of family with the two words Heil, to heal, bright and holy as well as kunde, to announce and to know. It's also a word for art. So we have very loosely translated it into Germanic healing knowledge, GHK, which is the closest we can come. It's not a direct translation. There is no direct translation. Heil kunde is a word that he, he, he made up. And my understanding from the Germans that I know is that they make up words like that regularly. They put words together and how we have a new word. Oh,
0: okay. That's interesting.
1: So it's not, evidently, it's not an unusual thing to do Uh in Germany. So he, he, he put Heil and Kunde together and with the Germanic. So I want to talk about that word Germanic because it has some... For Europeans, I guess there is a negativity to it because of World War II and somehow it was used associated with some atrocities there. Okay. And I want to get it back to what was Dr. Hammer's original intention with this word? And again, I don't speak German. This is what I'm told by Dr. Hammer's associates though and his close friends. The Germanic people is, they are what, I would call like the Native American people in the United States or the first nation in Canada. It's our indigenous people. Okay. People living in community with the earth, with the rhythms and the cycles of nature. Okay. The, the early Germanic people, that's who they were. They were living in nature. They were in tune with the cycles of nature, with mother earth, the sun, the moon, all of that. And so I've
0: not, I've not I've not heard that. Yeah, that's, that's interesting. I've, I've never it's heard the Germanic
1: that. people. So I've done some research on that. And it's really fascinating. The word that we would tend to use would be Anglo-Saxon here in the United States okay. uh-huh. and maybe maybe Great Britain. So the Anglo-Saxons, there is a faction of the Germanic people that eventually broke off and became the Anglo-Saxons. OK, so the and how's
0: that linked? To, how's that linked to the Germanic?
1: Well, just the fact that we would know that term, we know the term Anglo-Saxon, and it's like, right, oh, I didn't right. know that was Germanic people. It was right, right. All right. So, so,
0: so Dr. Hammer picked that because it was just a natural way of living. So, a
1: natural way of living in tune with the earth, with natural rhythms, part of nature, and that's what Germanische Heilkunde is right? When we understand our biology and we are in tune with it. So it's taking his discoveries to a whole new understanding when you link it to what I will call the indigenous people on this planet who lived. Yeah. Who lived with the rhythms of the earth. They moved with the cycles, the seasons, the sun, the moon, all of that. Mm. and they worked with nature they weren't against it they worked with nature and all the cycles mm. and seasons of of the world that are here inherent in mother earth so dr hammer so how,
0: how how does that how does that knit into to what your division of created creative ghk global how does, it, so how are you expressing that in so uh,
1: what we did what, when we understood this larger vision of Dr. Hammers, and we'll get into that in a few minutes. Uh, we realized that he really wanted, he didn't want it to be called anything associated with the word medicine because of how he was persecuted by the medical community. He okay. wanted to bring it back to his own youth and where he grew up in Frisia, in, in part of nature. He grew up in nature. Mm. And he was very much attuned with the cycles of nature. This was in him in his childhood. Okay. And and I'm not as eloquent as many of his, you know, German friends who have told this to me, but yeah. doing the best I can. Uh. So it was for him. It was Keep bringing, going Andy. <laughs> yeah, <'cause laughs> for him. I understand it was bringing it full cycle to what he knew as a child of mm. understanding you know the plants the seasons the animals the earth and it was bringing it around back to that because that's what this is this is inherent in us in all animals in all plants his discoveries just bring it all full circle
0: so expand you mentioned you mentioned Dr. Hummer's vision
1: right just so that-
0: expand, expand expand on it then because now yeah. i, I cuz I, I now i've been i've been studying this for best parts of a decade and, and and I'm not familiar, right? With with this with this vision, right? So yes. Now you got to deliver, right? Because now I'm fascinated.
1: <laughs> <That's> right. <laughs> All right, I will do that, Danny. Come on, Andy, let's so, do it. <laughs> and then this is really the journey we went on with our name change to GHK Global. It's like, okay, we are starting to understand this greater vision. So that brings me back. Let's go back to constellations. Let's go to constellations for a minute and then I'll cycle back to that. Okay. All right. So we know, right, those of us watching this, hopefully are understanding the two phases, the five biological laws, all of the amazing information Dr. Hummer discovered that helps us with our physical bodies, yeah. right? And amazing. that's... Yeah. And that's certainly the work you've done in your book, you know, working with people with terminal diseases and helping them to, Hey, let's switch this up and let's get through this. Let's finish it. Absolutely. So then we look at what Dr. Hammer called constellations. Okay. And the constellations are, so when he finished mapping out the whole brain, right, this beautiful chart behind me, he mapped that out. It's all the physical stuff going on. He turned his attention to looking at hmm, what's going on in what we would call mental illness. He worked earlier in his career, he worked with some mental health patients and okay. he was always curious about that. So he started to look at, hmm, maybe we can discover what the causes of depression and narcissism and sociopaths and things like that. So he, he did that, he mapped it all out. What he discovered was that when we have a conflict shock, it impacts in one area in our brain, we're now mm-hmm. conflict active, but then we have another conflict shock and it will switch from the first hemisphere where the first one landed and it will switch to the other one. So let's say I'm a right-handed female. My first conflict will be on the left side. the relay will be on the left side of my brain, the one that's impacted. Okay. My second one, then, that area closes, and my second one then goes over, jumps over to the other side. So now I have two brain hemispheres that are conflict active, but they have a vibration that is different from the other. Normally, when we're going about our normal day, Our hemispheres are in sync, right? There's information flowing between them. We're going about our day wonderfully, but then we have a conflict shock and then another conflict shock. And now they're vibrating out of sync with each other. Okay. He identified about 25 to 30 different ways that our two hemispheres are out of sync with each other. They take on all the different flavors that you can think of that we call mental illness.
0: So Andy, just explain, just give me some examples of these mental conditions and just explain them to me.
1: Sure, absolutely. So let's see, let's start with something. Let's look at dementia, right? Because we have dementia all over the world. It's a big one. Yeah, it's a big one. And does it just happen naturally as we get older? Well, no, because if that were true, then- That's caused
0: by heavy metals and mortar and
1: stuff. It's isn't not right? heavy metals and it's not, yep. Yeah. So, so when we look at something like dementia, we're looking at a Hummer focus that's in the brainstem, in the kidney collecting tubules in both hemispheres. Okay. So the kidney collecting tubules, such an important program, existence, abandonment, refugee- fish out of water conflict. Such an important one. When we have two conflict active relays in each hemisphere, right? You get the first one, then the second one switches to the other hemisphere. Now we have a condition where we are mentally confused. It's hard for us to focus. It's hard for us to think clearly. We might have like a vacant look to us,
0: we so could, what, would co- what would cause these, Andy? What, just explain. Sure. In, in real in in real life, give me give me in some real life. Some examples. So, real so
1: life. we've got a seventy year old woman whose okay. husband she's been happily married for fifty years. Her husband drops dead. Okay. And now she's experiencing a kidney collecting tubule program. She feels abandoned. How will I get by? She's retaining a little bit of water, but she might not. Realize that, you know, she's mm-hmm. conflict active with the kidney collecting tubule program. And now her family says, Oh, we want you to come and live near us. She's been in her community for 40 years, right? But now the okay. family wants to take her, bring her close to us. You can live with us, and we'll get you a nice room in an assisted living facility or even just uh, some sort of retirement community. And she doesn't really want to go. She wants to stay with her friends and within the community that she's known all her life, you know, all of her adult life. But they come and take her and they pull her up. They bring her up, put her in a facility somewhere or community. And there's her second abandonment existence conflict. I've lost my friends. I've lost my community. That impacts on the other side. Now she's conflict active with two and now they're going to start to see a change in her there's a mental confusion she's like, can't you know she she she's trying to think of a word and she, she she just can't get it out you know they're going to see things like that that it's like okay something's going on with mom here she's just you know she's starting to go downhill and eventually if she stays conflict active with these then she will be diagnosed with dementia now, if she also had another brainstem constellation, and it could can be you, enter- yeah,
0: before we move on, can you solve that problem? Is it is it possible to is it possible to solve that?
1: It is to a degree, and, and if you catch it early, and especially if they already know GHK, then yes, absolutely. This is why we need to to learn this as soon as we can, as often, as frequently as we can really, really understand it. So we know, and okay, I'm active with a a kidney collecting tubule program. I'm gaining some weight here, some water weight. And then we know, oh, now I've got another one, a second one that's impacted. And now you start to see, uh, you just, uh, yeah, yeah, you're trying to find the word and you just, you just can't, you know, you, you get a confusion to you. You're trying to find the word to say something and you can't. And people will notice that. It's like, ooh, what's going on with her or him? So if that person is aware of Dr. Hammer's work, then they're understanding, oh, I just had a second kidney collecting tubule. I need to resolve this as soon as I can. I need to tell my kids, no, I'm not moving. <laughs> I'm not going to be moving. Or if I've moved, I'm moving back. Back and
0: then- to my old community
1: back to my old community, as soon as you do, then she unconstellates and she is no longer has dementia. She finds her words. She's no longer mentally confused. So yes, it's entirely possible to do that. Now, if someone's had this for a number of years, and their life is very narrow, they're living in a home, and so on and so forth. And the chances of them re- reversing that are much less. They probably can't because they don't have enough mental capacity to make changes. Yeah. But catching it early. Yes. And I have worked with people who have done that. Yes. It is not that difficult if you work, if you get it
0: early. Yeah. So, Andy, give me, give me an example of another mental condition that Dr. Hammer identified and what causes it?
1: I would say one that is very, very, very common now, especially the past two years, is anxiety. Okay. People are anxious, right? I I don't want to get sick and die, or don't get near me, you're not vaccinated, or you don't have a mask on, all of that that we've gone through for two years now. So Dr. Hammer realized that that is the frontal lobe constellation, which means it's the pharyngeal ducts and the thyroid ducts. That are in the, the frontal lobe. Okay. And it's a combination of frontal fear, which means something's coming, something's gonna happen. I'm mm. gonna get sick and die. And powerless. There's nothing I can do. Okay. So you see sky, a skyscraper starting to crumble right ahead of you, and you're like, oh my gosh, this is gonna kill me. And there's nothing I can do about it, you know. It immediately sets up two, it starts the two relays in the front, like I said, pharyngeal ducts and thyroid ducts, and that will look like anxiety. That's really and how you, right now.
0: And how, and how do you resolve that problem?
1: Well, again, it's about understanding what just happened. And once you're out of danger, then it you unconstellate because it's no longer frontal fear. It's no longer facing you. You're no longer walking into it. So if you can no get yourself... walking
0: into a danger.
1: Right, exactly. But this is when we do f- to ourselves so much because we're anticipating. When we anticipate and we start to feel, oh God, I don't know what's gonna happen. You know, and we turn it on. We turn that on ourselves. We don't live in the in the present, we live in the future worrying about it. That's the anxiety. Okay frontal lobe constellation now add to that the visual cortex that's way here in the, the back of our head our retina and okay. body this is called fear in the neck and fear of a predator so it's something that's going to get me think of it that way so and in this case it's what's lurking in the background that's going to get us <gasps> it's covid it's the covid that's going to get us so that's lurking in the background. And so now we're paranoid. We might have anxiety and paranoia, and that is going on a lot now as well.
0: And how do we resolve that one?
1: Well, it's with anything. You know, If you understand this material, then you understand, okay, I'm paranoid. I'm constellated. What can I do to downgrade this and feel better about this situation? And it's taking action. It's taking practical action. If I'm afraid, well, most of us are not afraid of catching a COVID virus. But, you know, if you were, then uh, educating yourself on how there is no virus and that I am going to be fine and and starting to understand that. Now you're downgrading it. All right. All right. I can see how something else might be true here. And you keep going until it's like, okay, I'm fine. I don't believe that's going to happen. Then you unconstellate. And that behavior goes away. Yeah,
0: you know, one, one thing that has always fascinated me, and I've had a lot of interest, and I've studied a lot on basically is autism in children. Okay. Now the common belief is that autism in children is largely caused by poisons in in vaccinations. There right. seems to seems to be a strong link to the the vaccination process
1: right yeah it's
0: commonly believed that that it is the arsenic and the i mean all of those things obviously are not good to be putting inside a child so what are your what is your understanding of that
1: yeah so i'm not going to discount that because i do know people that as soon as they had you know a vaccine there were symptoms right away so when when I see that, we always rule out what was the experience like for the child? Were they held down? Were they hurt? You know, and how many DHSs occurred right in that moment and that with that vaccination? So there's that. There's the chemicals, the nerve agents that are in the vaccine itself, or drug mm-hmm. or whatever it is that's put into them, that can be damaging. So I'm not discounting that either. And yet we've got lots of people who have autism that don't have any sort of trauma or seem to have any issues with vaccines. People that are what we would call here in the US, they're on the spectrum. ADD, Asperger's, autism, and a huge spectrum in between that had no correlation with a vaccine. So what did
0: Dr. Hammer say on these issues?
1: Dr. Hammer discovered that the two DHSs associated with that, the two conflict shocks would be scare, fright, on the left hemisphere and territorial anger on the right fear and anger there's some circumstance where there's fear and anger that could be being held down to be vaccinated i don't want this ah you're scared and you're angry but there's nothing you can do you're powerless about it and that can be that's the aut that's what he calls the autism now it's a different you know explanation of autism we have the medical autistic autism. And then there's the Dr. Hammer autism. And so it's, again, it is a big spectrum. It can be someone who's just a little bit shy in a certain circumstance. So when I was in school, I was very shy in school, but I wasn't shy outside of school. I was autistic in school. I had this constellation running in school. It was a track for me.
0: Okay. Anytime I
1: would go to school, I would be very, very shy. Outside of school, I wasn't. So school was a track for me that started this program.
0: So you we you mentioned before we started on on the discussion on constellations that that this was a prelude to the vision that Dr. Hummer had. I'm still jumping yep. at the bit.
1: Yep, yep. Okay, let's go there. I'm not
0: I've not I've not heard it, and yep. I need to hear it.
1: So. Well, it's it's really His vision was, he looked, once he discovered the constellations, he looked at societies around us and realized we are not healthy. We have highly, highly constellated societies. And I've studied that for the past four or five years here in the United States. And I can say that is without any shadow of a doubt, that is absolutely accurate. When we see highly constellated behavior like we do now, not just in the U.S., but almost everywhere in the developed world, people have a lot of constellations running. So our brains are out of whack. We are no longer living in a, the, with the rhythms of the earth in more of a natural environment. We live in, in the US, at least, very hectic lifestyles. We're not super connected with other people. We're on our phones all the time. Our children are on their phones all the time. They're forgetting how to play, even. So we so have, what is the vision? Sorry. What is that? What was Dr. summer's vision? For, His vision for was how... for us to start living again like not like indigenous people did. We can't go back to caveman days or living in, you know, a teepee or something. But it's about understanding the constellations and raising children in an environment where they do not have as much opportunity to constellate, which means living in smaller communities that are safer, that don't have the sex, the violence, and the discord that they have now. Our educational system is not working. We have highly constellated children because of our educational system even. So it's really changing the root of our society, changing it in a fairly big way so that we can live in smaller communities, in smaller groups, more just getting outside in nature, being part of nature, incorporating that more into our lives and allowing if if people, if a woman wants to get pregnant, she can. If she wants to go to college, she can. It's not like we're forcing anyone to do something they don't want to do, but it is about raising our children in a very different way. And so I see this starting to happen already in the United States. There is a movement about kind of getting back to the land. You know, it's been happening for 40, 50 years. Now we have people, communities that are homeschooling as groups, you know, they, they come together, they share food, the kids are learning from the community that they are building. So I start to, I'm seeing that already, that it's for a lot of the people who are just into, into nature, into let's do gardens, let's have animals, let's ride horses, let's, let's raise our kids differently. These kids are not not on their devices. They're not on their phones at age five. These are kids that are outside playing in the mud, playing in the river, you know, it's just, yeah. it's the way we used to be. The way I grew up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So that's his vision. And so when we look at society now and the, deci- the decisions that governments take, it is not helping us to get to that place. If anything, it's keeping us divided. It's creating discord. That's not helpful. That is what needs to change on a global scale. Now I don't have answers on how we're going to do that.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting though. Even after, I mean, a lot of those elements you mentioned, I think how you, I think you're seeing post the pandemic, right? Homeschooling, right. Gone. I mean, we, had no choice, right? Because right. there were no schools, so people right. started homeschooling, and you know, people started. Right. They have no choice to start that process. And then when they've seen the benefits of it, they've continued yes. with it. Right? I mean,
1: and so, so we, Yeah, we see this pandemic as a stepping stone in that people got off the rat race, right? They stayed home. They stayed home with their kids, their families. And how many people have said, wow, it's the best thing that happened to me?
0: I know a lot of people have said that.
1: Yes, that's the beginning of this, of Dr. Homer's vision. Andy,
0: that's, I mean, it's, it's absolutely fascinating the way you've described Dr. Hummer's vision of, of how a civilization would function yeah. better than it does today. And, yes. and it's almost ironic that the elements of the pandemic are sort of forcing that to happen, whether it's by forcing people to stay at home or homeschooling yeah. their children. I mean, it's put huge drive into into all of those areas but where do you see the where do you see the future going and what can we do in order to I mean we've both experienced Dr. Hummer's medical discoveries and they are extraordinary yes the majority of people have not right where do you where do you see things going that will give more people the opportunity to to experience the magic of what Obama I discovered.
1: And, and it's so important to experience the magic. So, I mean, that's nice. truly what- Amazing, right? <laughs> right. I mean, life-changing is, it doesn't even come close to saying it, you know, to explaining yeah. it, but it is life-changing. So, I mean, I think the most important thing is that we need to get this knowledge out to as many people as we can, as soon as we can. And people are either going to, want this knowledge or not. And there are plenty who who do not, but there are plenty who do. Sure. So I always tell my students, we are gardeners. We are planting those seeds. You don't know when they're going to sprout and we still plant them anyway. So yeah. I, I know that I am trying to, in both my own school, I have a virtual school, the BioHealthWorks Institute, and I teach all over the world. I have students from all over in my classes, in my courses, What's important to understand about this, Dr. Hummer's knowledge is that you can't learn it from a website, you can't learn it from a book, you can't learn it from a video, you just can't. There's too Mm. much to it, it is not just knowledge, it is an entirely paradigm shift of who you are. And you can't change who you are from reading a book or a website or watching a video. It takes dialogue and exploration. I'm with my students every single week. I do a live teleconference every week to answer their questions and we talk. That's Mm -hmm. number one. That's important. You have to be able to have community around this. What was Dr. Hammer's vision that we all have small communities that we live in, that we're part of, that we're an integrated part of. So I'm Mm -hmm. always trying to create that community. My GHK global group is creating that community. My students mm. have that in the community. And I think that's a starting point. The next thing I'm going to say is learn the constellations, because that's where you learn why you think, feel, act, and do the way you do on an individual mm. basis. Until we have that piece, we're only getting half of what Dr. Hammer said, of what he discovered. Right. Yeah. So I'm in the process of designing the first ever type of psychosis constellation course. And it's an amazing amount of work, but it's fabulous. And I'm synthesizing the work of about seven different teachers into one course. And the most important teacher is Dr. Hammer's successor, the appointed successor, who is Helmut Pilhar. Helmut was, he taught in Dr. Hammer's place for 20, 25 years in Europe when Dr. Hammer okay. could no longer teach safely. They designed workshops that Helmut then went out and delivered. And right. that's where most people in Europe learned from Helmut. They didn't learn from Dr. Hammer, they learned from Helmut Pilhar. The good news is that. This is Helmut has Dr. Homer's original work, which we don't have in English. It has not been translated except for this book. Helmut has his original work that's translated into his workshops. I collaborate with Helmut and I work with all of his information in all of my courses as well. So this is the source. This truly is the original source that we have of Dr. Hammer's original material. And that's what I gear all of my programs on. It's not anything I was taught in the, I'll call it the GNM world, but it is in the GHK world. All right. So wow. yeah, yeah. When you embrace Dr. Hammer's full vision, it is GHK. It is not GNM. So, so that's what I've done because I believe so the, when, the, when,
0: when do these courses, have you started teaching these courses already or are they,
1: I teach they, many courses online. Yep. Andy is my website. The constellations psychosis is not ready yet, but you can sign up for it for the mailing list. So when we launch it, you'll under, you'll get word of when it starts. Where can I sign up? Is question. Um, yes. Go to my website, andylachmears.com.
0: Okay. And And where on the website is it?
1: You can go up to services and then go to psychosis constellations. And there's a mailing list on there. I believe that you can sign up for. There's also my main mailing list. It will be announced there as well. And that's the bottom of every page. You can sign up for that on any website, any webpage in my website.
0: Wendy's. the Manista Constellations course expected to be available for study. I mean I'm I'm serious here. Right? I'm
1: serious. And and I I'd like don't to know. Yeah it's it will be sometime <laughs> later this year. That's all I can say. Yeah. <laughs> as soon as I can get it ready I will. Is,
0: there a, <laughs> is it is it the type of material that could ever be, for example, translated into a book? that might be released at some point or is that
1: that's definitely a possibility yes at some point that's okay. a year or so away but yes mm. that would be awesome it'd be fabulous especially if I have an accomplished writer helping me you know <laughs> and I
0: think I'll 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 look around and see if I can find somebody who can help you with that how about that <laughs>
1: <laughs> you're on danny you're on
0: <laughs> yeah i would like to to get access to those course i would like to be one of your students if i may that sounds Absolutely. amazing and constellations is an area that i've studied the information available but it's, it's like it's very thin it's, right so I mean, it's
1: very little in english and yeah some of it's older and we've got his new updated information that is not in english yet except through one source and that is Helmut pilhar yeah so it's amazing
0: watch this space yes so yeah. the first thing i need to do is get onto your onto your mailing list yes yes uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Well, Andy it's been an absolute pleasure and it, the, the the world of German medicine Germanish Heilkund I've been in it now for nearly 10 years and it seems that every day it's just like a, a whole new world of discovery and I'm learning today that there's a whole new world that I'm still really yet to discover in in this body of knowledge and it's so exciting and it So liberating, and it's it it's just life transforming, and it's been an absolute pleasure talking to
1: you. Thank you so much for this opportunity, and thank you for Dr. Varghese for putting this together and celebrating Dr. Hammer's birthday. We are indebted to you, Dr. Varghese, very much so.
0: I agree entirely. He's a he's a fine man, Dr. Varghese. God bless you. Thank you for putting this together.